Well, welcome to podcast, a Pretty Little Liars podcast, where we're watching and discussing every episode of Pretty Little Liars, one at a time, spoiler free. My name is Emily. I'm Kelly. And I'm Addie. Emily and Kelly have seen all of Pretty Little Liars. And Addie is experiencing the show for the first time. This week, we're discussing Season 2, Episode 19, The Naked Truth. This episode was written by Oliver Goldstick and Francesca Rollins and directed by Elodie Keane. The Naked Truth originally aired on February 6, 2012. And this is the one where Rosewood High's Truth Up Day is not just an opportunity for the students of the school to air their grievances and stop bullying, but also a chance for Aria, Emily, Hannah, and Spencer to get answers to some burning questions. Last week, Addie's predictions included Holden is Fight Club, Kelly's prediction he's a weak little 16-year-old boy who has low self-esteem and doesn't want to admit he fell down a few times, Uh, A is going to figure it out, and everyone is going to figure out A did the photos, Caleb will figure it out. I was wrong! What's A going to figure out? I don't remember what that was. A is going to figure it out. I know. I, I don't know either. I'm not sure what the know. it was in reference to. <laughs> I have no idea, to be honest. Yeah. Maybe whatever Holden was doing. Oh, maybe. Oh, yeah, that could make sense. Um, I think I haven't done previously on in a while, so I can read it. Hell yeah. Look at you jump at the chance. <laughs> previously on Pretty Little Liars. Holden's got a serious bruise. Emily isn't allowed on the swim team. Jenna and Canole are smooching. Dad did something illegal to Grandma's will to protect Jason. Allie wears a bad wig. Vivian Darkbloom hides her dry-cleaning tickets inside Lolita. Hannah sent a naked Kate to everyone in her address book. (laughs) Naked. 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 Have you seen me naked? Clearly, everyone's seen Kate naked. Except Kate. I was funny in a minute. Her, like. Was that a kitty cat? No, that was me. It was the ghost. Like, adjusting the door. Um, yeah. Just because it's. Oh my. I mean, there are probably some ghosts in this room. There are a lot of old things. I live on an old graveyard, but. We never found any bodies when my parents uh, did, like, renovations on the house and they had to dig in the backyard, so. We did have to warn the contractors to be like, yeah, in the 1800s, yeah, early 1800s, late 1700s, there was a graveyard here, so. Spooky. Spooky. I mean, there is a ghost that is on my street that both I have seen and my neighbor has seen. And we both shared the ghost stories without us knowing that the other had seen the ghost. Oh, funny. Yeah. That's creepy when that happens. Very very creepy. How did we get on to ghosts? Uh, Because Addie's door door was haunted. I closed the door. Right. Good. All right. Back to podcast. (laughs) Back to Pretty Little Liars. Uh, Speaking of people being haunted by things, let's talk about some teens that are haunted by Allie. Okay, I have to say, that was a cute raincoat that Allie had at the dry cleaners. Yeah, that red, like, trench coat thing. It didn't look like it I, needed dry cleaning, though. I thought, I, was it was a a, I thought maybe it was a pea coat. 
and that's it, why it needed dry cleaning, but it, I don't know. It, the material looked really light. I was like, they could have, like, well, whatever. Maybe you clean it that way. That's fine. But get a special a chemical clean. Coat, not a mummy. <laughs> um, there were some good lines in this episode. Yeah. It was I very, like, I have a, all my notes are just things that I was like, that was delightful. I'm going to start saying that. I liked um was a little thrown off by how they were all being so aggressive towards Emily. Like I get Emily just didn't want to meddle further in this, but they were like being pretty aggressive in this first scene where they're like, Emily, we need to do it. We have to call this number. And she's like, guys, I don't know. Like maybe we shouldn't keep meddling. Poking. Yeah. Especially with everything that's going on. Um, yeah. Um, so this episode opens on the most tense scene I've ever seen in my entire life. Isabel and Mama Marin and Kate and Hannah are just sitting waiting for the principal. Ooh. Kelly and I both thought that it was a different Isabel, but we looked it up and it's the same lady. They just did her <laughs> hair different. And yeah. It was shocking. I was very convinced that she was a different woman and I was wrong. I was like, Mrs. Marin is annoying, but it's understandable why she's being like that. Um, and then my next note was, wait, what is this? This is the dumbest event ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I also loved how they had so many posters around the school that you just kept seeing as like, like you know, the, behind, just slightly behind someone's and head. I, and I feel like style, like for a director or whatever for this episode, like he spent, or the director, um, like started on random students and would like pan into the girls or like start somewhere else and then find the girls. It was very interesting. Or like when everybody was checking in for the truth up event. Oh yeah. So like I, think it was something where the two girls are talking and then their conversation ends and like the camera floats to the next set of people as like someone walks by yeah it was like it was like um I think I think it was uh it started on I don't remember who but it it follows like Holden and he gets in line behind Aria it was just interesting because we don't always see that in this show like Mm -hmm. they tend to just like do cuts to get to different characters and stories. But I liked how there was a lot of, let's start on this random student walking down the hallway or closing her locker and then find the girls. Like, it just, it felt very different. Uh, there was it. a lot of, like, um, like long shots like that. Um, but Kelly and I were talking about how this Truth Up event um, just, like, seems really dumb and it unproductive. It seem like it's effective or that there's any no. way for it to be effective. And especially putting the two girls in the same group to solve their problems. Like, that's just, like, if they really want to do that, it's like, go to therapy, maybe. Don't do that in school with other people around at a forced event. Like, and especially because we didn't really, did we even see Hannah's group? Yeah, uh, Hannah and Kate's group was the one throwing the ball. Oh yeah, with but it was, Canole. But it was Ella, Ella was media or like the parent in that. Yeah, one. you'd think that like they would have had 
the actual parents there, not someone else's parents, especially or something in that, type that of situation. serious. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't imagine, or would like at least the principal being there or something. I don't know, or a guidance counselor probably would be the most or the best person. Yeah. Well, there. and that's the thing is like Kate and Hannah have things to work out that would best be done if like if you want to just take the school specific issues in a guidance counselor's office. I've got to say. This is, yeah, that was a dumb event. If my school had done that, I would have protested going. We, um, <laughs> in middle school, we had a program called Second Step that we would do in our homeroom class. And it was like the same concept. The goal was like learning how to process your own emotions so that you don't take out your anger on other people. It's like a very one size fits all kind of solution to bullying. Um, and my homeroom teacher in seventh grade did not take it seriously. So, like, even if it could have been an effective program, like, even the teachers didn't support it. So it just never was going to be effective. And I feel like in this scenario, like, if you put a bunch of unwilling people in a room, it's going to turn out exactly the way that this turned out, which was bad. Yeah, and it, it just, it seems like a very not thought out, like a very, hey, let's put band-aids over bullet holes instead of actually getting to, like, the problem of it. We had a traveling, like, bullying seminar that came through, and the person called students up to, like, act out certain bullying situations that were horrendous, where, like, someone had to read out to a girl... But, like, you know how they'll be like, hey, you're being mean. Like, let me take your lunch money. No, this one, like, the guy's script was like, you look like a slutty whore. And we're all like, oh, this is, this is a bit much. And even, like, the presentation stopped shortly after that. Because it was. Yeah, that's like a lot. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so you've just called a student up here to read this. And, like, but anyway. Yeah. Be better. Um, bullies suck, and there's going to be bullies everywhere, but we should teach people how to deal with it properly and not one size fits all. Also, Principal Tamborelli is like a weird choice for this man's name. I do not enjoy this man at all. He's also super annoying. He's also the kind of person that should not be working in education because he definitely hates children. And he's, uh, seems like a petty little fuck and not, uh, he's not, like, looking to, looking out for, like, the welfare of the kids to make sure they're having, like, a safe, good education. He's like, "Mm, I'm gonna do dirty stuff. Yeah. Considering Mona was able to blackmail him, um, well, I feel like, huh. (laughs) <laughs> and the oh. ghosts came back no, it's a t- my parents have my parents have the lights in this house on a timer but yes like considering the fact that like a 16 year old was able to blackmail him not only does he like not seem to have a spine but like he seems like he's kind of easy to manipulate for whatever means that like other parents or teachers need to manipulate him for hence his fancy chair and Whatever other nonsense. I, I also feel like having a student have access to all of these files in a vice principal's office 
is um very problematic mm-hmm. because they could essentially look up anything they want on any other student and that sounds like something Mona would do also so they go into Tamborelli's office to have this initial meeting about um the severity quote unquote of Hannah's actions and what's going on I feel like they're not giving this nearly as much weight as it should be that you know it's just kind of like oh yeah hannah sent like an uh like did a bad thing and it's tarnished kate's reputation this is a naked picture of a child this is like a federal crime (laughs) um the only person that i think was taking this super seriously was mama marin like mrs marin understandably freaking out this is Marin stepped up this episode she really stepped into her mama bear shoes no mama Marin stepped up mrs Marin is isabel oh what did i say you said mrs, <laughs> mrs. Marin? yeah no, no, mama Marin. yeah and then and, yeah. and i think mama Marin was handling it very well and also understanding the gravity of the situation Mrs. Marin was annoying, but then at the same time, it's like, if my daughter was 16 and someone sent a naked photo of her around the school, I would probably also be wanting that child to be expelled. So, like, I ignore her from the equation because her emotional response made sense to me. But I feel like I like this would have been a thing that goes beyond the school principal, you know? This isn't just a mean picture of Kate with pimples on her face at summer camp this is a crime yeah i feel like as a parent if a naked photo of my child got out in this context i would have gone to the police like i would have looped the principal in but i would have gone to the police well i think since it happened on school grounds that that's would make sense the logical reason that they're handling it at school without escalating it to the police and that may have been mrs Marin's intention but also i'm wondering since again at the end of the episode we find out that kate was the one that fabricated the photo and sent it if they involve the police and hannah swears she didn't send it if you know they do forensics and look into it i'm sure they'd see that it wasn't um that it wasn't Hannah that sent the photo and it would be traced back to Kate which would then you know show that Kate essentially shared stuff with her inappropriately but and and so it's like maybe if Mrs. Marin was like let's go to the cops Kate may have been like let's like let's just deal with it at school like she'll get him more so I don't know. The, That's well, what I thought about afterwards. I'm like, oh, that would make sense. But again, as a parent, I would want to go to the cops about that. You know, yeah. Well, and horrible. the other thing too is the fact that like Kate's mom straight up says she's just trying to tarnish my daughter's reputation on her first week of school. It's like this is this is more of an attack than just tarnishing someone's reputation on the first week of school. Like you should be more concerned about this than you are. Yeah. This is so aggressive. Yeah. Like, priorities, (laughs) ma'am? Like, reputation is, like, the last thing I'd be worried about at that point. But then I also wonder, because if Kate is this nasty and does this type of stuff, like, that's learned behavior. Like, her mom probably does some really horrible stuff like that. 
to others and in her mind it's like oh I'm just tarnishing your reputation no like you're sending child porn to people like this is horrendous you're just like not yeah you're tarnishing someone's reputation but you're also invading their privacy and exposing them but who knows like what Mrs. Marin does in her disgusting ways to have caused Kate to learn this behavior as like this is how you preserve yourself but then also Mrs. Marin straight up married the dude she was the married man she was sleeping with so she ain't a great role model there yeah that's the thing is like Kate watched her mom literally have an affair with a married man and like maybe and like she seemed to have willingly you know, entered in an affair with a married man because it doesn't seem like she didn't know what she was doing. And then to straight up trash talk Mama Marin as a mother. Yeah, to like to like go after Mama Marin like that. That was where I was like, okay, look, at this point, this isn't about what Hannah did or what Kate did. This is about you being pissed that your husband has now moved back into the town with the family that you helped him tear apart. And you're guilty. <laughs> and you know you're guilty. So you're so like, it seems like her, her, um, attitude and her kind of like defensiveness is almost like a mechanism for being like, I know that I did something wrong and now I'm living with the consequences because in most cases, when this situation happens where a family breaks up and a new family is formed, they don't live two blocks from each other necessarily, especially because this wasn't amicable. You know, it wasn't like it wasn't like Ashley and Tom split up on good terms and they're cope you know, they're they're respectfully co parenting Hannah. He's no, he straight up abandoned that family. And he straight up was like, All of my families are going to live together in the same town because I'm going to fix this. And that's not like it's Tom doing it for selfish reasons, like it's Tom. It's all the men in this show doing all their stuff for their selfish reasons without consulting their family's emotions and feelings and well-being. Ha! 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 Commentary on society. Oh, so the whole episode, they assume it was A that sent the message. And hey, then... and I would have assumed that as well. And then they wanted Caleb to hack the phone. Mm-hmm. And I thought Caleb and Hannah were freaking adorable this entire episode. Caleb was so yeah. sweet. Caleb was I on some like Caleb. stellar high school boyfriend like stuff. Supportive, wonderful. And then I loved I know this is definitely jumping ahead, but when they were on the roof and oh, she's so like, cute. I'll do anything and she's like, Let's run to California. He's like, Okay, we can't do that and then she's like, Just hold me and then Oh, yeah, such... sometimes like there's no logical solution in the moment and you just want to be held mm-hmm. oh, it was just very sweet caleb is definitely my favorite not nole never canole <laughs> oh yeah well okay my favorite thing is canole locked on the roof forever with no hope of escape yes that is pretty delightful i wasn't attacking her 
That got me real mad when he yelled that. Because I was like, bro, you were literally pulling at her ankle trying to get her off a ladder. That uh, is, Yeah! What the fuck? <laughs> like, what other intention could that be read as? Like, there's... <laughs> I wasn't attacking her. You were, you physically laid hands on her. Just because you physically weren't injuring her and throwing a punch doesn't mean you weren't attacking someone. Like, anyway, um, let's see. I feel bad for Hannah. Um, okay, Arya's highlighter accented outfit with her like Love highlighter it. belt and those wedges. Oh my god, the way that like, and I I'm going to say that they did this on purpose probably not possibly not but i'd like to think that they did the fact that you see the dress with the belt from the back then you get the front with the necklace accent introduced and then she comes around the corner and the fucking shoes man it was just so and and like i I liked i have to say the outfits this episode i really liked i loved spencer's like long cardigan with her white and black polka dotted dress with the belt around it and like her boots, I was like, "You look so cute." Ugh. stellar, stellar costuming. Yeah. Um. Oh, and Emily with her little like open combat boots when they're doing the like take a step forward activity. Yeah, and like her vest yeah. shrug thing that I remember when those were very popular. I even think Mona's outfit was cute. I was like, Mona is insanely overdressed for this, but that is Monet for you. I, you know, I was telling, uh, this was like something that came up when Kelly and I were like typing in the chat, but I feel like Mona as a character would be so fun and effective if she was this way, like the way she was in this episode all the time. She's just got these like quippy little like one liners that are just ridiculous. Yeah. She was just very fun in this. Yeah. One. Slap me in bejewels and call me uh, whatever designer. <laughs> yeah. And then I love how Emily's like, uh, explain it to me. Like, what are you, what are you looking at? <laughs> yeah. Well, and the fact that like, I really liked the moment between her and Emily where like, you can see that the apology affected her, but then she like wiped it off her face before she turned around and was like, that's old stuff. We're buddies now. Let me help you get back on the swim team. I still didn't trust Mona the whole time. I was like, don't trust Mona with any of your problems. <laughs> like, I wouldn't I'd trust Mona with anything either. But if I if this was a standalone episode, I probably could have been like, oh, she's a fun character. Hiding something, though. For sure. Definitely. Dun, dun, dun. Um, I keep wondering why Holden is being so secretive. And then I was like, ooh, drugs when you see the <laughs> when you see the little uh baggie of pills. Okay, what I immediately thought of the TikTok video where it's the cat, or it's like a voiceover, it's like, drugs, drugs, and there's a cat like spazzing out, and they're like, no, no, drugs, (laughs) drugs. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but that is exactly what I thought of. (laughs) Um, Oh, we completely glossed over the fat lady with the tube top at the farmer's market who's going to tell your fortune. Yes. She makes really good apple butter. And I'd love to meet her. Tell me my fortune. Let me buy some of your apple butter. It'd be a good day. I was like, oh. Feed me fruit butter and tell me my fortune. Let's go. Artisanal butters. I think I've, in the farmer's markets I've been to, I 
don't think I've ever seen a fortune teller there. So I'm very interested in like what Pennsylvania farmers markets have fortune tellers. Oh, every farmers market has a fortune teller. That's not true. Not everyone, but probably some of them. Um, the way that Emily adamantly denies being scared also is like aggressive for the fact that they're just talking about calling a phone number. <laughs> I'm not scared. The voicemail they left was so awkward. This is um Vivian's friend, and we have some questions. It's like, Can you just like call me back like today. It's super important. Yeah, it's super important. Call me back today. And then they don't even think about what they're gonna say when they call back. Like you told someone call us back, it's important, and you're not even gonna consider talking about this is what we should say. Come on. Yeah, that was um. I feel like they act without a plan a lot of the time, but that's what makes the show so charming, because then I get mad at it. <laughs> so fun. Dramatic. Um, also, uh, I'm, like, scrolling through, like, the notes on the episode, and I just, I had a note about um, the way that Isabel talks about Hannah in that meeting with the principal, she's resentful and malicious and spiteful. And it's just like coming from an adult woman about a teenage girl that's also in the room that is technically your stepdaughter is fucked up. I I think that was, I think that was a bit more of kind of, because the whole time Mrs. Marin is making digs at Mama Marin. And I think that's where a lot of her attacks were coming from in that they're a team and it's Mama Marin's fault. Like Mama Marin is out to get ruin everything, right? It was now. very projecty, you're right. It, and it was definitely like it was you sh- she should not have been saying all of that stuff. Like they should have had a private meeting with the parents and then the students and the parents. So that way like the parents could get the heat off their chest, but that's no fun for TV. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is like the kids should have only been in there probably for the like dissemination of punishment. Like the parents and the principal should have talked. Tom also should have fucking been there because it's his job to mediate this situation. Yeah. He's the connecting factor between these people. But his like, his go-to is abandonment. So for sure so but yes (laughs) he's like oh there's a conflict let me run i caused the conflict let me run i like the fact that the principal punishes the moms also by making them um work the event but mrs marin didn't go mrs marin did volunteer it felt she was genuine in her want to be there so mama marin it it genuinely wanted to be there hannah's mom actually that's right yeah that that's how i'm that's how I'm separating them because when the principal said Mrs. Marin, they both and like they the second both one, said. and like it was kind of assumed that it's like oh well, and we've also been calling Mama Marin Mama Marin, so that has been my distinction: is Mrs. Marin is Isabel, Mama Marin is Mama Marin, because why change it? But yeah, I don't know. Was Isabel there? No, I don't think it was Mama Marin because I think the principal was like girls let's you guys should go to this and you as the parent should consider going and mama Marin was like oh i'll be there like i'm volunteering gotcha. but i don't believe isabel wanted to go and i don't think she went because i feel like we would have seen her 
Yeah, I don't remember, I don't remember anything happening with her. Yeah. So I think you're right, Addy. Thanks, guys. It's so supportive. That was another line that Kelly, like, typed in. We, we kept, like, typing lines back and forth because they were just so good. Um, uh, so Ashley says, I'll, I'll be there. And the principal goes, uh, well, you'll be expected to bring a sleeping bag, a toothbrush, and a change in attitude. And then it cuts to the theme song. And that's exactly what I'm going to write on every invitation to my home ever again. Like, You're expected to bring a sleeping bag, <laughs> a toothbrush, and a change of attitude. I'm going to hop into when Spencer is talking to Ella, and then Jason walks up, and he's all like... Or no, excuse me. Spencer sorry. and Jason are talking. Jason and yeah. Spencer are talking, and then Ella walks up, and Ella's like, hey, do you want to come to this event tonight? And he's like, no, not at all. And then once he finds out the Hastings, he's like, oh, if you're so desperate that you need me, like, you must need people. And I'm like, well, at least he knows that he is low on the totem pole. He knows where he stands. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we, like, we like a man that knows that. Self-deprecating nerd. He knows but we don't, but we, but we don't like him. Because he's weird. And now we know he kisses his sister. That's also weird. Um, I liked yeah. the line where there, uh, Emily finds out she can't be back on the swim team because the principal has like a big sponsor lined up, and she's like, "When are we gonna stop being punished for picking up that shovel?" Um, and I just I thought it was like a like a nice summary of events so far. <laughs> yeah, this is why you never pick up things that aren't yours, children. Don't exactly. steal. And then we find drugs in Holden's bag. And he's being super secretive, even though Arya's like, come on, you got to give me something because you know about my thing. You got to, like, tell me a little something. So now Arya thinks he's dealing drugs. Which I think is one. I think it is totally fair that if they're both covering for each other. She should know what she's covering and it's, for. And it's not even just the, like, oh, well, he knows what she's up to. It's like. Safety reasons, someone should know, like, where he yeah. is and, like, who he's with. In case something happens, I don't know, just being practical. But I'm too old to deal with high school or drama. And Holden's a dude, and dudes don't have to have the same forethought when going out places that us as women's do because I like I feel like that's the first thing I always think when I go anywhere is like let me make sure someone knows where I'm gonna be yeah. when I'm supposed to be home and if they don't hear from me then they can call the police and know where I was supposed to be yeah and I always make sure I'm like okay who's following who has my address like who's watching yeah. my location I like the iPhone um the you can turn the function on where if you hit the power button five times you click it it calls 911 immediately um and it also sends your location to all of your emergency contacts. So, yeah, I set up. I finally set up all my emerg my like ICE contacts um, for that reason. And I'm I'm not saying that Holden shouldn't be doing this because he should be, and everyone should be. Doesn't matter who you are or what you're doing. Safety is key. But I think, as far as like mental load is concerned, it's not the first thing on Holden's mind. Like it would be the first thing on maybe Arya's mind. Yeah, but he's so annoying. I I got. I got very, like, I didn't mind Holden up until this point, but this episode, I really stopped uh, not minding Holden. He's very pushy on her, 
which I did not like. And when she's like bringing up, I saw drugs in your bag. Like if you're doing something illegal or harming yourself, like, I don't want to be a part of this. I'm not protecting you. And he's like, well, what do you mean? He goes, are you really asking me that? It's like, yes, bitch. I saw drugs in your bag. Yeah. I'm really asking you this. But it's also that whole mentality, it's, like, where he's purposely, like, where her reaction to to seeing something potentially illegal in his bag is the problem, where it's, like, no, the problem is what's in your bag, and, like, you're asking Arya to cover for you, I don't, I don't know, I just didn't like where he essentially gaslit her about her reaction to it, where he was like, no, and then he just got pushy. Yeah, well, and he, like, puts the drugs away in, like, a sketchy way, too. He, like, looks around like a little squirrel and, like, tucks them back in his bag and, like, sets his bag up to make sure nobody saw it, and, like, he had a really serious bruise, which is a serious injury, right? If he needed something stronger than a couple of aspirin and that was like painkillers that he had to get, then just, I mean... It's like like a lot of painkillers. Yeah, it was a lot of painkillers. It's not in a, like, pharmacy bottle, so it's still sketchy, but, like, you could believably say, like, I had to get some painkillers for this gnarly-ass bruise, and Arya probably would have believed him. That's true. She is dumb. Yeah. (laughs) But it was just, like, it was really maddening to watch him, like, try and confuse Arya's valid feelings about the situation and the boundaries she's setting for herself that are healthy. And he's like, uh, why would you do that? Um, why are you asking me questions? Don't you need somebody to cover for you? And she, and I liked how she was kind of like, I'll figure it out. Like, this isn't worth it. If you're hurting yourself, like, I don't want to be a part of hiding that. I like them as friends. I, like, outside of this episode, and I wish he would just tell her, even if he doesn't want to tell her exactly what he's up to, like, he could come up with a half-truth that would be enough to, like, make her comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So I do really like the way he just like comes out of fucking nowhere and kicks Noel in the yes that was like middle of his chest or whatever and that again makes me think he's in a fight club if he's got these kick ass moves where he could just ninja into places um all right but I'm gonna keep sliding on I really liked Mama Marin with Hannah when. They were talking in the bedroom. Oh, how, about like, is something wrong? Like, um, who's like, if who's doing? Is, if you didn't do this, who's doing but this? But I really like that. Mama Marin was like, "This isn't the first time you said it," but she's not saying it in that typical like strict parent way, where they're like, "You always give this excuse, like you never take the blame." She's like, "I'm actually concerned that you have now said multiple times you've been framed for very serious things, like." Mm-hmm. I want to protect you as a parent. And yeah, I like, like I'm I'm listening to you. I hear you. But like you have to give me more than just I was framed. Yeah. Like and you have to help Let me. me help like how you. she was like give me a name and Hannah was like I don't have one. And I think, you know, when Mama Marin got up out of probably more frustration than anything. Mm-hmm. When um but I think Mama Marin took it as that like Hannah, not that she doesn't know who did it, is that Hannah knows who did it, but she doesn't want to share with Mama Marin. And I can understand that frustration. Like, 
I'm trying, but then, uh, I just, I thought it was a really sweet, like, good bonding moment for them, because, you know, and Mama Marin also being like, yo, what happened is a crime, like, this is, if someone's actually framing you with, like, felony type stuff, this mm-hmm. is serious, like, do we need to involve law enforcement or whatever, but Hannah wants to protect her mom. Then, uh, when we get to, like, the beginning of the event, all I just read, I wrote, I was like, this is a very strange event. Poland is now just being weird. Why is the principal so weird? So I just thought- The principal's every- fucking strange and awful. Yeah. Kind of a dick. Like, the fact that Emily, like- Bears her soul, says, I'm not comfortable here. Yeah, she's, like, doing the point of the event, and the principal's like, cool, you feel safe and uncomfortable and abused by students and staff. Uh, I'm a little bitch and you're personally attacking me. Cause like, sure. Emily might've been talking a little bit about the principal, but like, they're also dealing with all the a situation. Oh yeah. yeah. And it's also like her glancing his way as she takes her two steps. No one's going to immediately jump to the conclusion. Oh, she's talking about the swim team. Clearly the principal's like a horrible person and messing this up. Like that's a lot of conclusions. And that would have to mean everyone in that class is paying attention to Emily and her every single move and look, which, yeah, again, and most that implies aren't... that this man is so self-centered to think that Emily has nothing else going on in her life except the principal being a mild inconvenience and the fact, so, like, the first off, he's, like, so full of himself that he thinks he's, you know, so much more important than he actually is. But also the fact that he, like, he must have been doing something wrong if that's the conclusion he's jumping to. He's totally validating that he's doing something wrong. Because he mm-hmm. doesn't like being called out for it. Yeah. But, um... Like, if you weren't doing anything worth being called out for, then why do you assume that she's calling you out i liked um so then we see mama hastings and then i was like mama oh my hastings. god i was like jason you're weird you're weird especially when he's like oh i need to talk to peter and she's like well he's just out of town and then i got really upset and i was like why are they in Arya and Caleb's group i was like and jenna i'm like come on guys this is ridiculous we right, ever, it's a little much. Did we ever see Spencer's group? I couldn't remember. I don't think so. Actually. Yeah, I didn't think we saw her group. So I know we saw everybody else's, but I don't recall seeing Spencer's group. But Spencer's just like floating around constantly looking for Jason. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. talking to the girls. So I was like, maybe her group wasn't as important. They ran out of supporting cast members to put her with. <laughs> so it was it was Arya and Caleb in the room with Jenna and Spencer's mom. And then Jason. And Jason. And then it was Emily Noel and, and Kate and Hannah and Ella. And, and then Emily and Mona and Mama Marin. That's why I was yeah, like, I don't, I don't think we saw Spencer. Did yeah, you? I don't, I think you're right. she's just kind of bouncing around. But I'm also wondering if because she's, like, considered, like, one of the top students, where it's like she's more just 
like she can bounce around to help the parents versus like having to participate in the event because treat her like an adult. I feel like that's what they all do to her. Maybe, but she definitely should have taken part in the event. At some point, Spencer asks Jason, did something happen between our families? And my note says, yeah, a whole lot of sex. And that's the only Spencer note I have. <laughs> I like Caleb and Aria together. Like, I think they have a fun dynamic. I yeah, was so they're... excited to see them because we never get to see those actors together. Yeah, it was a very fun, a fun pairing. Yeah, and I like, oh man, Caleb, I love how he goes to town for Hannah. Uh, but that's a little later. I won't share my thoughts until we get there. I wrote, I wrote Kick Rocks Knolle when he started in the ball throwing scene. I'm sorry. If you're at a school thing about like bullying and like how to, you know, deal with your emotions better and like go over things. If one of the students is like, if this happened to me, I'd go postal. I'd put a billboard up. I feel like that's a tasteless line, right? Considering like how severe the anti-school shooting stuff was in a post-Columbine world. Well, but it's, but it's like, if a student says that, like, you have to take that seriously. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just, like, a comment in jest or, like, someone being a complete and utter idiot. Because you don't know if they're just making an in-poor-taste joke or if they are actually warning that I would go postal. And it's like, oh, this is horrendous. And then I felt... I liked how Hannah dealt with that and kind of when she asked Miss Montgomery, like, if you think I'm a bully, and then she's like, don't answer that. I know what everybody here thinks. And it's like, I think Hannah, she dealt with it as best she could. It was tough, though. They were being nasty to her. Yeah. And Kate uh, was getting everything she wanted. Mm-hmm. I also, the other thing I thought, um, like, earlier when Hannah was in the school and everyone was glaring at her, giving her, like, dirty looks. We had many situations where someone would send nudes in our school and then another person would distribute them out to everybody. Uh, The person who distributed it, like, everyone in the grade didn't just hate them. Only the person who had their photo sent around would dislike. But it's like, I never experienced that. But that, just because it's my experience doesn't mean it's everybody's. But I just thought that yeah. was a little... I was like, I've never huh. experienced, like, that kind of disregard for someone and mass like usually it's the people most closely involved to the situation that have the issue and then kind of the further in the periphery you get the kind of more um like meh you are it's like eh, whatever you know yeah take was, take them or leave them i just thought that was um i forgot to mention that earlier but I like how Mona keeps calling the principal a toad. So in my mm. notes, I just said, Mona, you're a toad. <laughs> and I, I mean, um, he, she's not wrong. I think he also is a toad. And but... then I love how Mona, she said something about like, oh, I don't hold grudges. I was like, girl, you are you kidding? I'm like, you're saying you're the your queen grudge of life. grudges. <laughs> like, you're you, just one big grudge. I was like, you torture Hannah for like so many ridiculous reasons that you have grudges over other people that aren't even Hannah. And then I just wrote, don't link up with Mona. Please don't. And then uh, when Jenna tried to make 
I like how she called out to the school how mean everybody was to her and, like, how horrible. And I was like, granted, that does make sense. Like, that group uh, did blind her and uh, people were not nice to her. But then I was She just really poor choice like, of example because Caleb was able to clap back so good. It was so perfect. My I know it's just Caleb is a punk and then a little heart. I I, I wrote, yeah, Caleb, take her down. I lo- I just love how he was like, if the point is like telling the whole truth, like not just the them. part you want to remember. And then you say it real mad. And then my, my literal next note is what group is Spencer in? <laughs> well and then Caleb straight up is like by the way it's Caleb just in case you didn't fucking know yes, I love that I love that word <laughs> and she looked so I, like, pissed in that moment which was good minutely in like in an episode where we're talking about bullying to put just like a little light on Hannah or uh, Mona and Jenna's situations They were so severely bullied by Allison and the one person that they have to like work through their issues with is dead. Like they're not going to get any closure of like standing up to their bully or being able to like talk it out in this kind of a situation with her because she's dead. So they, they both have to deal with it in whatever way healthy or unhealthy is working for them. And so they're just taking it out on everybody else. And that's why I really liked the moment between Emily and Mona, where Emily owns up to the fact that, like, just because I wasn't the one, you know, like, slapping you around and calling you names and stuff doesn't mean I didn't stop it. And, like, I knew what Allie was doing. Um, And I like that she takes responsibility instead of saying like you know Allie was mean to me too and Allie was manipulating me too and I just didn't know what to do she just owned it and I thought that was a really like well thought out moment yes it was a very mature Um, reaction very Mm -hmm. proud we love a mature little lady sorry um, I got really annoyed with Spencer and Jason because I was like, Spencer, don't show all your cards. When uh, she talked about like her dad not being well, whatever. Um, yeah. Then I was like, why is Emily being so weird and so anti finding this phone number or like doing anything? And then, okay, so this I noted the phone number, the person who answered the phone or called them back. I forget how that went. Uh, um, Aria called a second time called to second leave another time. voicemail, but and girl, someone picked up. But it was a, a, a female, it was a woman. It was a female sounded, voice. Sounded like a female yeah. voice. And then immediately after that phone call, the PA system calls Emily to the VP's office. Those voices sounded identical. That's what That's I thought. That's so I was scary. like, and. And then you find out it's Mona that called Emily into the principal's office. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but then later, when the number calls, calls them back, them. it's a guy. And Mona doesn't really have any guy friends right now. Though, that we know her, of. With her blackmailing the principal, she could have made him get on the phone and say something with a disguised voice. <laughs> Did he sound enough like that? Maybe. I'm going to write it down. And then, let's see. Holden and Arya... I was like, good, Arya, stand up. But also, you're seeing an adult. 
like you're being groomed as a child like don't act like what you're doing is totally okay and normal yeah (laughs) and healthy and and you're not hurt like she's oh holden i don't want you to hurt yourself and then she's over here doing things that are harmful to her I feel like the show just completely blows past the fact that Noel and Jenna are standing in like a dark room reading people's secrets on the like glowy wall. And one of the secrets was, I know who murdered Alison De Laurentiis. Right? <laughs> I'm like, like we're not going to do mentioned- anything about that. <laughs> Let's see. I, I just thought again, Hannah oh, and Kate- Caleb on the roof. Oh, oh Hannah and oh, Caleb on the roof were so heart. cute. My like teenage heart beats for them. Um, Kate being like, being like, my old school had nice people, and I think that I should be able to pick people's punishment when they're mean to me. Like, yeah, that's not very nice. Stupid. But also, it sounds so much like her mom, where her mom Mm -hmm. is trying to decide the punishment, and she wants this, and I'm like, but that's not how that works. Like, if someone, like punches you in the face you don't tell the police like i want them to go to jail for 10 years i picked the sentencing i picked the punishment like that never happens but the other thing too um like along the isabel and kate lines uh like them being similar is i think there's a level of possessiveness too where like kate is protecting her mom because uh hannah called her is a hell of a skank um and so, like, Kate is just out for blood at this point and protecting her mom. And the mom is trying to defend her new relationship from an old relationship. And it just, like, it's a lot of projecting and not dealing with, like, the actual issues. And it's just going to continue blowing up in their faces. Yup, 100%. I didn't, like, um... I just don't like Kate. I don't like Mrs. Marin either. I love the wine moms. I love wine moms when they're all together. I'm obsessed with wine moms. And I really thought for the first time, like, Mrs. Hastings had the best insight. Because where they're all like, oh, yeah, when Allison died, like, and Ella's like, hey, I took Aria away. Like, this is what (laughs) I like how Spencer's mom's like, um, no, I think it's when they met her. I'm like, yeah, get it, mama. Yeah. Um, I also, another dumb line that just cracked me up is Mona being like, offensive line doesn't even begin to describe what they get away with. Um, (laughs) That was like randomly in my notes. She's be a shark if you're toothless. Yes, that was my favorite. (laughs) I was like, be a shark if you're toothless. Ugh. Bad bitch. Yeah, I bet you there are a lot of toothless sharks that manage to still be sharks. Uh, then I just wrote, Jason, dot, 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 leave the Hastings alone. Stay in denial. <laughs> um, I didn't like the Allie and Spencer flashback. And then I was like, I don't get it. Ew. I'm like, why would the gods frown upon this? I did not get what they were trying to say until Spencer brought it up. And I was like, I wouldn't have even come to that conclusion. Yeah, I think, I mean, this time I definitely knew. I keep trying to remember if I understood it when I watched it the first time. Yeah, I can't remember if I figured it out um, the first time I watched it either. But, like, 
they make it fairly obvious for someone in the know like yeah but i don't know if i don't know if like 16 year old me would have figured that out i mean 27 year old me did not figure that out until spencer points it out i was like oh that that comment does make sense yeah well and that's the thing is um spencer was able to like put a bunch of pieces together and then she remembered the comment and it like clicked for her so i don't know if maybe it would have worked but i feel like if they had had another line earlier in the show relating to like maybe greek mythology and those gods were like there was a lot of incest like it could have been Mm -hmm. a callback to that but it's because then you could have been like oh there's a couple seeds but i'd probably have to really closely rewatch that episode be like oh there's some seeds that they maybe did plant that i ignored because i was just watching for fun Mm -hmm. um let's see i like how um we see kate's birthmark and i freak out and i was like oh my god what if it's kate who did this and then i like how they take her down and hannah I like how Hannah brings it up to Kate just to be like, I've got you. Mm-hmm. I also fucking love that Ar- that she's like, hey, Aria, can I borrow your phone? And she's like, hold on when I'm done using it to record yes. this conversation. Uh, I, wonder if, I wonder if Pennsylvania is a two-party state or a one-party state for recording stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I feel like probably a one-party state. It's a two-party consent law. Okay, interesting. Uh, makes that it a crime sense. to intercept or record a telephone call or conversation unless all parties to the conversation uh, consent. Yeah, because I forget there was like... What, That's as of kid- 2019, though. It's probably still the same. Those They tend not to update those things unless something severe happens. Well, we just got, Kate got taken down, and then I kind of like how there's a call out about, like, the girls are like, where's Caleb? And they're like, oh, the last he was on the roof, because we need him to stop looking through the search, or to try and find the phone, what was in it, and the search As soon as Arya got up to that door, I was like, oh, she's getting locked out there. Well, and the fact that none of them had their phones, because Caleb had Hannah's phone, so Arya left her phone with Hannah to take the recording, to the principal's office so Arya didn't have a phone why would you let your friend go up there alone on the roof like i don't care it's buddy system like it's also why was it so windy on the roof and like not even a little bit windy anywhere lower right you'd think it would have been at least like there would have been a like a little bit of a breeze when ella and them were throwing the ball around downstairs yeah something (sighs) some kind of movement I do like, though, because one of my, like, one of the things in TV that um, I was, like, w- when phones started being a thing, like, a lot of suspense in TV before phones was, like, oh, there's no way to get in contact with them with this pertinent information, right? I like the way that Pretty Little Liars creates scenarios that, like, believably these kids don't have their phones. Mm-hmm. So that you still get that tension of like, oh, they're not going to get the information in time or they're going to, you know, get trapped on the roof without a phone. But like, I don't feel like it was a stupid reason that Aria didn't have her phone. Like it made sense. Yeah, it was a good reason for it. Immediate, like when she 
stack the bricks the way she did. I was like, that is not the way I would stack them. Like, I would put mm-hmm. the bricks against Next the door to the frame door. Mm-hmm. and then have the door close against the bricks because I'm like, I don't know. But that's just me. And then we hear the noise and Arya's like, who's there? Who's there? And then starts freaking out. So she... I was like, of all the things, I wouldn't try and climb up further on the roof. Yeah, that was a weird choice. But it's the same as, like, when Spencer was alone in the the church with Ian, where she's like, let me just run up the steeple. And I'm like, what are you yeah, doing? Yeah, to the top of the bell tower. Like, yeah, you can't run away from there. Uh, or, like, you can't get out from there. You're making your exit strategy, like, that much harder. And then Knolle grabs at her and... What's his face saves the day. Um, Holden. What's his face? Canole is like, I wasn't trying to hurt her. It's like, bro, you're yanking her off a ladder. That's dangerous. Yeah, I wouldn't mm-hmm. have But I did like at the end where he's like, Where's your pal, Caleb? And I was like, Why do you need Caleb? What and they doing? walked by like the window. One of them, Spencer, whoever walked by the window, and Caleb's just like, doo doo, sitting at a desk in a classroom, minding his own business. Yep. Um, but see, like that was a lot of the filming was really interesting this episode, where like they weren't showing or they weren't telling things; they were showing you. So I, I mm-hmm. liked that. Um, but yeah, fuck Nole. Um, oh god, then we get the we're all family note from a and I, my only and... thought was olive garden <laughs> <laughs> but i love how like of course right then like spencer figures it all out and she's um and then i was like okay so caleb is okay i was like aria no what's no and then i was like jason's related to spencer what the fuck it's <laughs> like let's throw a wrench in this party Melissa kissed her brother. She's just as weird as the rest of them. Oh, Melissa thinks clearly. she's all perfect, and she's over here making out with boys that are related to her. Gross. Yep. In her defense, she didn't know, but still. Um, she should and then have. I, like, um, Mona goes and blackmails the principal. Mm-hmm. And then I just said, I thought, I'm like, I highly doubt that Mona will keep it a secret that like Emily wasn't part of this blackmailing um and then I was like they aren't friends stop it Mona and Mona's like yeah. well, we're friends and I was like you're not and then I wrote Kate is trash because Kate is trash I loved um that confrontation and Hannah hugging her mom and then we don't get to see the total resolve but it's like you just know that Kate is I love Mama Marin's comment about the rotten fruit. Yeah, that was yeah, Maybe take good. a whiff of the rotten fruit at the bottom of your family tree. But but it's like also, again, it's like that's a nice little callback to earlier where like Mrs. Marin was shit talking Hannah as like a horrible kid and like being these horrible things while really calling out that Mama Marin's horrible. But, and I just like, you know, those little seeds were planted. It was so nice to have Mama Marin do a callback to that. I like that Mama Marin says it not in front of Kate also. Like, the girls are in the principal's office when Mama Marin makes that comment instead of, like... And she's very tactful with how she handled... Like, Mama Marin's solid episode this episode. She's a great mom. I don't think I've had... Well, when she was stealing that money from that client. 
<laughs> she's made yeah. some questionable decisions, but I like how she's tried to teach Hannah, like, you can make a mistake as a person, but, like, the point is you grow from it and you don't repeat and continue to do those mistakes and hurt people. Mm-hmm. And then I like that Spencer and her mom finally, I was like, Spencer, these are some real emotions. Like, I like this. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, uh, I can't wait to see more fallout from that. And then we get the A scene where creepily sneaking over the bodies and then steals Caleb's laptop. Yeah, I, I was so mad that Caleb's not, like, sleeping with that thing strapped to his chest. Well, the other thing, right. so remember the principal was like, everyone turn off your phones, like, this is a disconnecting type event, and I'm like, why would they let Caleb work on his laptop if this is a disconnection-like event? Why would no one confiscate Arya's phone when it rings in the middle of the event? <laughs> like, yeah. there were some inconsistencies there. And I can get that maybe the parents are like, okay, we're not gonna, like, maybe Spencer's mom isn't gonna be as strict about this. But another mom, like, Ella Montgomery is gonna be strict because she's a teacher. Yeah, well, and, um... I don't know if Caleb was just happened to like if he was just happening to be in a classroom that no one saw him in when he was working on his laptop. Um, but like, he seemed I mean, like he was working next to a very open window. So like you'd think someone would say something when he just disappeared to go work on his laptop for an hour. The predictions that Addie made today, there was only one, and it was that the principal is helping Monet. <laughs> Uh, next week we'll be talking about uh, season 2 episode 20 control A what are your thoughts Addie? I was gonna say oh, I guess A is probably gonna target them all cause when you do control A that selects everything in the document so maybe they'll target everybody but that could be thinking too much into it and it could have zero freaking relation to it I don't know. This week's title, nail right on the head. Naked truth. Truth about the naked photo. We got the answer. It just. I, that, that was, I was like, I, I hear like you. This. But they did so of, good this week. There was a lot of clever writing and a lot of quippy lines this episode. So I'm like, they nailed it. It was great overall. Great execution. Yeah. Who was it today? My friends, Oliver Goldstick and Francesca Rollins. Very clever. Very clever, you two. Good team. Like, solid execution. I liked it. That's all the secrets we can share today. For all of our updates, or if you just want to say hi, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at APLL Podcast. Or you can send us an email at aprettylittleliarspodcast at gmail.com. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast directory. We'd like to extend our thanks to Tim Buell for the marvelous music. And a thank you to Anne Allen for the amazing artwork. And an extra special thank you to you for listening. Until next time, bitches. bitches.